This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Yes, they were there standing on the front lines fighting for us. And I unfortunately have a name to add to our list of the fallen warriors on March 13th. Private Anna Basulda Ruiz, a soldier who was assigned to Fort Hood, Texas, was found dead in apparent suicide after telling her family about sexual harassment. This is the second soldier uh, to die that day. We knew about the prior one, and I announced that Specialist Katerina Weichel, who served in the 64th Military Police Company, um, the 720th Military Police Battalion, the 89th Military Police Brigade, was also found dead that day. I talk about every single soldier that perished, regardless of where they were at the time and regardless of whether they died on the battlefield, they died in a training exercise, or they died at their own hands. Because this is the price of freedom. We have freedom today in this country because of men and women who are willing to serve and to give us a blank check up to and including their very life to serve this country. In keeping with that, I heard from a gentleman by the name of Tony Bianco. He has uh, brought the Mobile Vietnam Memorial Wall to Coral Springs. So I wanted to invite Tony on to find out where it's gonna be and um, what exactly people can expect if they come out there. Hi, Tony, how are you? Hi, I'm doing fine, how are you? I'm doing great, but you know, today's Good. a day where we pay tribute to those and the Vietnam veterans were some of the worst treated veterans in history. So tell us a little bit about why you're doing this. Uh, well, actually, what we're doing is we, we're naturally bringing the Vietnam Wall to Coral Springs on May 5th, 6th, and 7th for viewing. And uh, did you want to know a little bit about the Vietnam Wall? I sure Why do. Here? I'm having a little bit of time hearing you, so. Yes, please tell us about the wall. Okay. For those that don't, aren't familiar with the moving wall, it's a replica of the Vietnam Memorial Wall. It's the permanent memorial wall in Washington, D.C. It has the names of 58,318 men and women from all branches of the service who gave their ultimate sacrifice for our country. <clears throat> the moving wall is about 256 feet long and also contains the same names as the Washington, D.C. wall. As I mentioned, it will be displayed in Coral Springs for three days. The fifth, sixth, and seventh uh, made the public to view. And, and where are you going to have this set up? Uh, this will be set up at the Sportsplex in Coral Springs, which is uh, the address is twenty five seventy five Sportsplex Drive, and that's in Coral Springs. And for those of you who haven't been to Washington and haven't had a chance to see the wall, or for those of you who have a family member who served in the Vietnam War and may not have come home, this is an opportunity for you 
to go out right to Coral Springs and have the experience. It's a I've I've seen the mobile wall. It is just as moving as the original in Washington D.C. In some ways, it's even more moving because it travels around the country. Uh, Tony, w what group are you with? Were you with the city of Coral Springs? Or are you a veterans group? Well, uh, yeah, I'm the president of the Veterans Coalition of Coral Springs, and. Okay. Uh, we are bringing the we are bringing a uh, Vietnam Wall down to Coral Springs, along with the help of the city of Coral Springs. Mm -hmm. uh, you had mentioned about the Memorial Wall for, for several reasons that we are bringing it to our area. Uh, as you said, first we want the elderly and disabled that cannot make the trip to Washington D.C. to see the memorial to be able to pay the respects to the men and women on the wall. We also want the younger generation to be able to come and see the wall so they can also be taught by their parents why the 58,300 soldiers on the wall gave the ultimate sacrifice and understand why we were able to walk on our country as a free country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's extremely important, and I'm going to tell you, all you parents out there, all you grandparents out there, it is our responsibility to make sure that the next generation knows that the very freedoms that they are enjoying, the, the ability to uh, go to school and to live in a, in a free republic, no matter what our political problems are, they are blessed to be in a land where men and women will sacrifice their lives to preserve what we have, this republic. So take your kids out. It is a fabulous day. The weather looks like it's going to be perfect. Um, for that week, actually, I checked uh, my uh, weather app, and and it should be just lovely. Yeah, we we sure hope that the weather is going to be great. That's uh, we are trying to get the word out to as many people as we can. We have a lot of assisted living people living in homes coming to see us because they just want to see the wall. And uh, as you had just said in a minute ago, we are the land of the free, and we want to keep it that way and we need people to understand why we are the land of the break. Absolutely, and as a person of that generation, you know, I used to go on honor flights and it would be World War II veterans, and then um, there were very few of them. So the honor flights uh, were then filled with Korean War veterans, and now there are few of them. And the Vietnam veterans are the seniors, and you're right, some of them cannot make the trip. So to be able to bring the wall to them is just incredible. And Tony, I want to thank you for your organization and your work with the city of Coral Springs to make this happen. Um, you deserve a salute, sir. So thank you so much. Okay, we appreciate it, and thank you for your time, too. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. So everybody get on out there. You know, these people who put these opportunities together for us, they don't have to do it. And we've got an, a younger generation. Look, I'm really saddened by the fact that recruiting is in the, you know, the, the toilet is, is really the only way to put it. And that I heard a story yesterday of a family that has been serving since World War II or World War I, uh, consistently had members of the family inside of the Navy and now as SEALs. The last two served as Navy SEALs and now when the younger generation said, I want to be a Navy SEAL. They were reluctant to encourage a person because things are so uncertain right now. But it doesn't matter at all um, who the commander in chief is. What matters, well, it does matter, but what really matters is that men and women will be willing to serve this country and preserve not just our freedom, 
but the freedom of the entire world. So go see the wall, whether you're in Coral Springs or not. Um, it, you know, and people will make a trip all the way to uh, a mall somewhere uh, and buy some useless stuff that they don't even need, but they won't take an hour aside to go and pay respect to the men and women who perished. And believe me, I grew up in that era, and my neighbors were the ones, the young men that were uh, going out to a war in a jungle that they didn't even know existed, fighting a battle that they weren't sure why they were fighting it, didn't seem to have any um, obvious uh, a plan of winning, and then so many of them sacrificing their lives. You know, I was speaking to a young woman at a, um, a salon the other day, and she was Vietnamese, and she told me, you know, uh, no matter what, the fact that America sent so many to fight for, you know, the, the, the right side, um, they don't forget that. So listen, just do it. Do it because do it for your kids if you don't do it for any other reason. Now, the other thing that I've been uh, talking about is all of these, uh, this sort of ground swelling of Florida representatives and senators who are literally uh, walking away from supporting Governor DeSantis. Now, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of people in my audience, tons of you, you've made it quite clear to me that you believe that uh, Governor DeSantis should challenge uh, Donald Trump in the primary, and I know there are other people in the primary now. Larry Elder is in it. You've got Vivak Ramaswamy. You've got Nikki Haley. You've got Tim Scott, um, uh, Asa Hutchinson. I know, I know. But the more people that come in, and particularly high-caliber people, because the one thing about uh, Donald Trump is he's not afraid. So um, it's very interesting to me and very telling that yet another congressman um, a congressman from Texas, Lance Gooden, made the endorsement announcement that he will endorse Donald Trump right after he met with Governor DeSantis. Now, there's something in that that you don't know. You know, Governor DeSantis is running around the country meeting with all these uh, representatives hoping to, you know, coale uh, coalesce some support. It ain't happening. It ain't happening here in Florida, and it is not happening across the country. So I think that people ought to become much more um, enthusiastic about what, what looks like we're going to have a Republican candidate by the name of Donald Trump in this election for the 47th president of the United States. And the worst thing that can happen to Republicans is that they get sour grapes, right? And they say, oh, well, you know, we don't want to support Donald Trump. You better support the Republican candidate. And anybody who dares to tell me they don't want to support him for whatever reason, his lawsuits and the damage that, uh, you know, his, his uh, tweets, whatever, any of that stuff, I'm going to remind you of his record. And if you, don't, if you don't agree with the record of Donald Trump as he was president, if you don't care that the whole world is now in shambles and on fire since he's gone, well, then I feel sorry for you because you are basically dead from the neck up. Um, and I don't know if it's a knee-jerk reaction that some people are having to the in indictment. I, I really don't know. But, um, you know, I, I think you better get on board, really, before, uh, before it's too late and you look really dumb. But uh, that's just my opinion. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about 
this, you know, nonsense that's going on at the Daily Wire, and it's not them, but you have this blitz against Matt Walsh, against Brett Cooper, against Michael Knowles, this cancel blitz, and uh, thank God the CEO, Jeremy Boring, shot back at the left and at big tech after all these cancellation campaigns targeting these guys, um, uh, unbelievable. YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, they're doing all these crazy fact checks, all these demonetizations, taking away their ability to make money, and even banning Daily Wire hosts. You got software companies like HubSpot and JW Player canceled the service with the company from their platforms, uh, just like Eve- Eventbrite did. I don't use Eventbrite anymore. And, and this is crazy. Wa- uh, Matt Walsh's Twitter and email accounts were hacked on Tuesday night. His Twitter account, um, the attack went well beyond t- uh, Twitter. The hackers got access to everything, including 20 years of Matt Walsh's emails. What, ha- you know, I don't know. I'm sure he said things in his 20s that he wouldn't want to have aired publicly. So what, the, what, the, what will the Daily Wire's response be to things that Matt said 20 years ago? I'm hoping that they'll stand, you know, tall. This hack, as terrible and invasive as it is, is just another day at the Daily Wire, apparently. Terrifying. It really is. You know, uh, morons on, on the right making death threats would be front page news. But if death threats and harassment and corporate targeting happen at the Daily Wire, nobody seems to care. They burned Michael Knowles in effigy when he was speaking at the University of Pittsburgh. And then he got, what is this? Why why are we tolerating this? YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, you know, flagging, banning, shadow banning, demonetizing. It's constantly going on at the, for the, uh, the people at Daily Wire. And I'm ticked off. I stand with Daily Wire. I'm like Spartacus. You know, I am the Daily Wire. So, you know, get on board. Defend them. You know, I'll let people know what you think about this. And then I hope they press charges against all the hackers when they find them. All right. Let me take a break and let me cash my breath because this whole thing is, is really making me very angry. You know, the left gets away with all of this crap and, and I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of it. All right, don't forget that if you have our app, the 850 WFTL app, you'll get all the news headlines and you'll be able to enter and win our various sweepstakes. Right now we're giving away a four-pack of tickets to SunFest. That's May 5th through 7th on the West Palm Beach waterfront, but you must enter to win on the app or at 850WFTL.com. Quick break, I'll be right back. Hi everybody, this is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You know, sometimes I, I just, uh, I, I know that there's a, a, I hate to call it prescience, but I see things 
maybe just a few minutes before everybody else does. You know, I'm not one of these people who's predicting all this, uh, you know, what's going to happen in 10 years or when is Christ coming back? You know, that's not my, that's not my uh, gift. But I do have a gift of knowing that at a certain point, if we don't start paying attention to certain subjects, we're in big trouble. And now I'm watching Elon Musk, first and fo foremost, bringing to my attention the dangers of artificial intelligence. That's one thing. He had a wild week, and now he wants to start an AI company. And that's, uh, you know, it, that, that's, that's a big task. I mean, this is a guy who just sent up a SpaceX Starship that blew up, um, and they still thought it was a success, you know, because now they know what they have to fix. Um, so he's got SpaceX, he's got Tesla, which, by the way, disappointed investors with its results. The stock fell around 10%. And now he's talking about his plans for Truth GPT, an AI product he plans to deploy to compete with the Microsoft, which is OpenAI, which he started, and Google, which is whatever it is, chat GPT, deep chat, I don't know. So this guy has an empire. His hands are full. And now, today, he removed all the blue check marks from Twitter's users' profiles, which is pretty interesting, as if he didn't have enough to do. But I'll tell you this. The idea that you have to pay for a blue check, I think, is brilliant. Because why not? The people who need them, they can afford a blue check. You know, if you're, and, and, and what's funny is he did, he paid for some of them, which is really case, crazy. Paid for, like, LeBron James. Does LeBron James have a problem paying $8 a month? Probably not. So basically, Elon Musk trolled him. Taylor Swift quickly got on board, paid her eight bucks. This is a revenue machine, Twitter. And Elon Musk didn't take it over to lose money forever. <coughs> Which is why he's now charging for the blue check. Now, I don't need a blue check because I, I'm not that important. And I do very little tweeting. But there's a lot of people out there who should be completely on board with purchasing the blue check. And if not, watch how he's going to buy certain people's blue checks and it's going to make them look foolish. You know, I, I, I just think that I grow ever more impressed with him. That's all I'm going to say. Because he turns the world upside down, much like my, you know, my choice for president, Donald Trump. By the way, uh, the Pope has now not got a blue check. <laughs> um, but he, Elon Musk made sure that LeBron James did. And these are people who, who say terrible things. Stephen King, a real lunatic. Uh, you know, the author who said, I didn't pay for that blue check. My Twitter account says I subscribe to Twitter Blue. I have not. I've given a phone number. I have not. And so Elon Musk uh, went back to him and said, you're welcome. Namaste. So it's kind of interesting that he thought some of these people, he gave them the, a free ride. And he said blue check is going to be the great leveler, which I think is great. I, I, I'm a big believer 
that Elon Musk is one of the most brilliant men ever. And we ought to pay careful attention to what he says. Of course, I have to address the fact that the host who's on right after me, Dan Bongino, is out at Fox. Now, the, he, he did not have positive things to say about the settlement. He was very upset about the settlement, much as I am. I, I believe anybody who's in the business that we're in would, would be nervous because of the settlement. Because basically what it says is that anyone who appears on that network or anyone who appears, in my case, on the Joyce Kaufman show, I am now responsible if they say something that some vague fact checker decides is not true or maybe even say something that's ludicrous and not true. Somehow I'm going to be responsible, my boss is going to be responsible, the Hubbard Radio Network is going to be responsible. That's nonsense. So... He basically, uh, he says he walked away because they couldn't reach an agreement from his Saturday night show, which is called Unfiltered with Dan Bongino. He appears regularly on a lot of other programs. I presume that he will no longer be on those programs. He said, I want you to know it's not some big conspiracy. There's no acrimony. There wasn't a brawl. We just couldn't come to terms on an extension. Bongino's canceled in the USA show, which has been streaming on Fox's streaming uh, service, Fox Nation, will end as well. Fox News said, we thank Dan for his contributions and wish him success in his future endeavors, but Saturday, Saturday night's program last week will be his last show. He said on his podcast, which I watched um, yesterday, it's a sad day. The most important events in my life I learned about on Fox News. And replacing him will be Lawrence Jones, Criss Cross Country, whatever that show is, he goes around the country. And the network says a new schedule will be announced in the coming weeks. Um, he, I also reported not long ago that he is not going to be giving up his terrestrial radio show at the end of his contract because, you know, he, he has a lot going on. But I think losing Bongino is going to be costly for Fox. He's got more than 4 million followers on Twitter. And even though he says he has no bad feelings towards Fox, the news comes on the heels of that $787 million settlement. And so we'll see. You know, part of the suit were all these stories about Fox News hosts saying something in private and then something else to their viewers. And he may have got caught up in that. I just don't know. But it's a. Uh, you know, things are changing right before your very eyes. You're going to be responsible for vetting the information and you give people blue checks and forget about, you know, buying them or them appearing by Elon Musk's magic. All right, I got to take a break. Uh, I'll be back. I'm planning to speak with Derek at 1245, get a little celebrity news. I like to end the week on a silly note because celebrities are pretty silly, although some of these stories are fairly serious. In the meantime, I got a lot more to say. Please stay right where you are. So uh, you can't believe some of these stories. You know, Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger were both left-wing journalists. No, I'm not, you know, they, they would say they were fair and balanced and all the rest of it, but they definitely weren't on the conservative side. Now they're learning what it's like to be targeted by the left. Representative Stacy Plaskett, 
who called Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi direct threats to people who oppose them, is now threatening Matt Taibbi with prison over Mehdi Hassan's uncorrected error. Wow. When you, just when you think the iteration of the Democratic Party can't sink any lower, they will, you know. The Virgin Islands delegate and ranking member of the House Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government, Stacey Plaskett, is threatening to send Matt Taibbi to prison over her own era. Just after I ran a piece, this is Matt Taibbi talking, called The Press is Now Also the Police, about the New York Times and the Washington Post boasting of roles in delivering a leak suspect to the FBI, MSNBC's new attack caster, Mehdi Hassan, got his wish. First inspired AOC and then Plaskett to trumpet his incredibly vicious and mistaken claim that I lied to Congress. Which, by the way, if you lie to Congress, the penalty is five years in jail. And they're accusing him of lying to Congress. And, you know, this is amazing to me. It would be one thing if Matt Taibbi really made the mistake. Then it would, in that case, though, the letter would merely be an attempt to intimidate a witness by threatening a charge of intentional lying over a miscue. But that's not the case. I did make the error. But what Plaskett is referencing is actually a mistake by Hassan, one she's now repeating. I'm not sure what to do but explain and show this as clearly as possible. I did, this is Matt Taibbi saying, I did in a tweet conflate the Center for American Security with the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. So he confused CIS with CISA saying that CISA was so close to Stanford's election integrity project that Twitter staffers didn't really distinguish between them. This happened precisely because the agency were hand-in-glove partners and I'd seen so many communications about their cooperation that I lost track of some acronyms. I even tweeted months before in Twitter file six that the agencies CIS and CISA were easily confused because both worked with the EIP and CIS was a DHS contractor. That is confusing. Before the 2020 election, there was a system set up under which reports of election misinformation could be through a CIS address to the Election Infrastructure Sharing and Analysis Center. Now you see, this is what happens when automated, when machines are doing what humans used to do. And it's gonna get so much worse, because let me tell you something. You can threaten Matt Taibbi with prison for lying before Congress. What are you gonna threaten artificial intelligence bots with? Really, I, I wanna know. I, I was listening to Tucker question Elon Musk, what would you do if they went rogue and he said, well, I guess you would have to turn the power off to them. Well, what makes you think that artificial intelligence won't figure out a way to bypass any off switch? Doesn't even make sense. Which is why I say it's time to get scared. If you think misinformation 
is hard to figure out now. Wait till it's done by algorithms that we don't even understand. I know, and I know a lot of people out there, very smart people, who are really starting to get concerned. Imagine you're a journalist like Matt Taibbi or Michael Schellenberger or any journalist. You've written you know, stories about some of the most you know, companies and, and people who are always in trouble. A guy like Matt Taibbi knows that you know, there's a chance that he could get sued. And he was once, but not successfully. And never over a factual is- issue. The complaint, that time, the complaint was about the propriety of an undercover stunt. Nor has Matt Taibbi ever had to issue a retraction. And if you've read books like The Divide, you know a lot of the things that are covered are legal or financial stories like the chronology of a long argument between very attentive lawyers over billions of dollars that allegedly went missing in the layman bankruptcy. I nearly grew a tumor, he said, worrying before that was published, but that came out okay. But I have, of course, made mistakes. It's not supposed to happen, but it does, inevitably, which is why the New York Times has a correction section. What the Times still does is one of the last relics of the old honor system under which journalists implicitly promise to try their hardest not to screw up. And readers agree to trust them so long as they can see editors and their charges admitting their errors. Unfortunately, there's a new model in which news organizations don't address errors or audience complaints at all. It's from just such a media institution that this uh, you know, representative Plaskett, while herself making an easily checkable mistake, got the idea to threaten prison for a blunder we once would have consigned to the corrections page without a thought. You know, Taibbi says, I still can't wrap my head around this, and I hope others will be able to make more sense of it. I'd laugh, but I have three kids, and these people might be serious. It's like waking up in an HUAC hearing. Have they all gone mad? And that is the question. The political class in this country has gone mad. And that's why when people say to me, well, you really ought to reconsider. Do you really want to go through, uh, you know, another Trump uh, primary, then a Trump election? Is this, you know, is this going to be good for the country? I'm trying to save this country. And so is he. Because they're coming for me. They're coming for you. And he's in the way. So they want to get rid of him. You know, he, he won't let them take my guns. He won't let them open the border and allow you know, millions of people from all over the world and now tens of thousands from China coming. I don't know about the rest of you, but uh, if China's the biggest enemy that we have, why would we want unbridled Chinese repopulation with no vetting procedures at all? The borders, uh, you know, on May 11th, it just becomes like the wild, wild west. Anybody can come in and anybody will. So... (laughs) You know, if I'm as serious as a heart attack, it's because this is some serious stuff. Anyway, um, I'm going to be talking, hopefully, with my son Derek from TMZ in just a minute or two. Um, but don't forget, at 1 o'clock, Dan Bongino. And now you're really only going to get to, you know, play with your Dan on the radio. So make sure you're here for his show. 
And then at 4 o'clock, Ben Shapiro, support The Daily Wire. You know, Matt Walsh uh, and, and Michael Knowles, they're on this radio station. Support them. Whatever they got going on, whatever commercial commercials they're running, support them because they're trying to bring these guys down for telling the truth. You know, for saying uh, yeah, there's two genders, male and female. And for that, Matt Walsh is like, you know, they're on fire to get him. So support him. And then at 6 o'clock, the WPTV News. And then it's the weekend. Hallelujah. Have some fun. Spend time with your kids. But do check out AI. I'll be right back. Well, there must be some big breaking news story uh, because I haven't, uh, I haven't heard from Derek at TMZ. If he calls in, we'll put him on the air. But I see some breaking news at the site. It said, Morgan Wallen is having zero problems filling stadiums with fans wanting to see him on his new tour. Okay, I don't even know who Morgan Wallen is. How about that? But that's okay. Oh, okay. Morgan's took a spill on stage. Apparently, he's not able to, to get around the way he used to. So bad, I really wanted to talk about uh, some this Alec Baldwin thing because, you know, the prosecutors really didn't have their case tight. And the people in Santa Fe, the New Mexico authorities who charged him with involuntary manslaughter because he may have been right all along when he insisted that he never pulled the trigger on the gun that killed Helena Hutchinson, the, the, the cinematographer, because the prop gun that he used back in 2021 had been modified. And this is according to an article in the LA Times the trigger mechanism had been changed, which increased the probability it could have misfired without Baldwin pulling the trigger. Now, I gotta be honest with you. I have never seen a gun where, you know, that kind of gun, a revolver, where you didn't have to pull the trigger. I don't know what kind of adjustment you could make, um, but apparently, the DA made a big deal of its theory that pulling the trig trigger was actually the major component of its case, a case that has now gone up in flames. What is unclear is when did they learn of the modification on the gun, and how could it be that Baldwin was charged before they had even examined the weapon so that they could understand exactly what happened? They're dropping the involuntary manslaughter case against Baldwin. And the trial, I think, was in a week or two it was going to start. Okay, let's uh, get him on board. Derek, there you are. La better late than ever. Uh, I'm telling you, sorry. Sometimes, listen, this is the news biz, you know. We've got yeah. great stories. We've got shows we're shooting. But I always uh, try to be here on time. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I was just talking about Alec Baldwin and them dropping the manslaughter case against him did they drop it against the the armorer uh gutierrez -Reed no too? you know that's what's still it's still going on against hannah gutierrez reed who was the armorer and you know the case against alec regardless of what you think and whether he should have been charged or not whether he should have uh you know sort of had to face this case it's been a disaster it just really has they mm -hmm. they sort of overcharged the the, the, they charged the wrong thing with an enhancement that didn't exist at the time the actual incident occurred. So it's been a disaster from top to bottom. Special prosecutors uh, stepped down, and now they're just dropping the case. Mm. Hey, he's, uh, he's a lucky guy. That's all I can say, because I don't think that many juries would have exonerated him, to be honest. Uh, you know, I tend to, I tend to agree with you. He, he had very, very 
good lawyers. They filed very strong documents, made the prosecutors look bad. And, and the embarrassment seems to have creeped in to such an extent. There's also something that happened where the gun that was used apparently was modified in such a way that it possible that it could have been fired without actually pulling the trigger, which is what Alec always said. He was fiddling with the hammer. That introduces some doubt into the into the state's case against him that he actually pointed, aimed, and pulled that trigger. Now, he may have still done that, but it, it's possible that the gun can fire without it. You've got a, you got a big hurdle in your case, and it sounds yeah. like the prosecutors just didn't think they had the goods anymore. They got it, and you know they were just too eager to to you know charge him and now they're paying the price kind of like in some other cases that are going on uh but we got yeah. like another person who's filed their fec uh requirements to run who may also be facing uh criminal investigation much like donald trump afro man yeah you know this is actually why he's running it's part of his platform so afro man he's famous for that song because i got high Mm -hmm. which is so obviously he is uh, part of his platform is legalization of marijuana mm -hmm. at the federal level. That's mm -hmm. no surprise. But he also is big into criminal justice reform. He was in his house when it was, you know, subject of a, of a sting operation, essentially, where it was searched. You know, um, he thinks it was unlawful, that there was no cause for them to be in there. They ultimately didn't find too much. I mean, he's, you know, marijuana is legal. And, and to the extent he had it, it's not really all that big of a deal anymore criminally, and he's very upset about it, been very vocal, and now he's running for president. Uh, mm. The funny thing, though, is he files the docs on April 18th, when two days later it could have been 420, and it would have been sort of more of an Afro man timing to do it on 420, but <laughs> apparently he's trying to move away from that whole, I'm just uh, because I got high guy, I've got other things on my mind. That was a great song, though, you got to admit. <laughs> uh, and look, you know, a lot of celebrities get elected to office. Uh, Clint Eastwood was the mayor of uh, Carmel. People forget about that. Uh, certainly Schwarzenegger was the governor of your state. State. It's not impossible. Uh, Fred Thompson, Sonny Bono, I can, the list is long. Hey, Donald Trump, I mean, being a celebrity is a huge help in a, running a political campaign. You have visibility. You're able to get the cameras on you. You're able to say things that are provocative. I mean, this is, Afro Man is uh, well-suited. Kanye West tries running all the time. There's a, there's a reason for this. These are charismatic people and that they want to take their talents to the political arena is not all that surprising and often effective, right? Yeah, very effective. Although I don't think designer is going to be able to, since he took all his clothes off on an airplane on Monday. Yeah, he's going through something. And, you know, he posted about that. He, you know, was accused of exposing himself on the, on the flight, that he's going through some mental health stuff and maybe had an adverse reaction to some medication. Um, you know, he's been a bit of a, uh, he had a bit of a trouble, troubling sort of few years after the hit he dropped Panda, which was gigantic for his time, and he's leveraged that celebrity into uh, not the best way, I would say. Mm. <laughs> he's, he's more known for these antics than he is for the music now. True that. Well, don't you get known for those antics all right out there in Los Angeles. I have to keep a, a watchful eye I can't help it. On. Don't believe everything you see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, kid. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Take care, everyone. All right. Well, you know, listen, so celebrities, uh, you know, they got a lot, of, a lot of press time, that's for sure. Well, I thank you for your time this time until next time, and my plan is to be back here at noon on Monday, if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember, what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us, so be yourself. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America.
The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.